Stay tuned for the last four or five minutes of the show. I had to update some of the material. Um, although what we were saying is correct, I've learned some new information and I added um, something to the end of the podcast. So thanks for listening, guys, and bear with me. Podcast coming at you on a Mother's Day in 2021. Mother's Day. And it's rainy where we're at, um, so kind of a dreary Mother's Day, but the word was preached on this Sunday, so praise God, and we're now going to go through some parts of God's word, hopefully to your guys' Consoling enjoyment. mothers. Consoining mothers. Consoining. Consoining the mothers. <laughs> this goes out to all those mothers in Boston and the East Coast. Happy <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Is that pretty good? That sounded good to me. Thank you. So we are going to do a Mother's, uh, mother's Day themed text today. Um, so this is going to be another ad- installment of the edition of what does that text really mean? Um, we do not have Essek with us this week. Although he said he'll he, be popping in and out. He so. will be popping in and out. So we'll see. <laughs> this week's an example of him popping out. I think he popped out this week. Yeah. but uh, He might show up in the middle of it. Yeah, this summer we'll probably have him on again. So we are doing another one of the, what does this text really mean? And today we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Yes. Um, Dos, verse 15. Uh, we'll probably read some of the other surrounding verses just to give us some context, but this is a Mother's Day theme text. So we are going to we're gonna we're gonna read the text and we are gonna we're gonna tell you um what some misogynistic um not rightly uh dividing the word of truth on the roles between men and women have done in the past to basically leave women in a state of um works-based religion based on this text okay so we're gonna we're gonna show that first this is not what we think again it's just trying to be funny these guys kind of ridicule i guess use some some rhetoric to ridicule how stupid somebody would have to be to read this and think this at the end of the day so here we go um let me read should i start in 11 to 15 sure okay let a woman Learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. So... So, first off, we're not going to be dealing with all the text before. We might do an episode on that another time. But we're just going to be focusing and honing in on that verse 15. Uh Uh-huh. So, when you read verse 15, when it says, Yet she will be saved through child-bearing, what that clearly means, just upon reading it... The plain reading of the text. The plain reading of the text, if you just read it, what that means is that men are in a state of actually being covered by the blood of Christ in the new covenant while women are outside of it. 
The only way for them to be brought into grace is by bearing a child. Hence becoming a mother. Hence becoming a mother. Happy Mother's Day. Only mothers. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Only mothers can be saved. Mm -hmm. That's what it says. So that's a plain reading of the text. Without without any other of um, the counsel of God helping inform us what's going on here. I'm actually not familiar with anybody who actually thinks that. Really? Yeah, I don't know if I've ever met anybody who actually thinks that. I've read some I don't I, I guess I can't like name names, but there have been I imagine it was probably um oppressive Christians in the past that like wanted to treat women bad, I guess. I don't know. The Catholics had like a like in that book I've been reading, they talk about the witch hunts. Back in that day, and it was almost always exclusively women. Women were always the witches. They were never sorcerers that were men or whatever. It was always women. And the Catholic Church actually said, like, to be a woman is to be unclean. Like, the wow. Ju- the Jews would call women dogs. Yeah. So, historically, in religious circles in the Judeo-Christian tradition, women have been, um, besides what's actually taught in the Bible about how Jesus, Jesus loved women, Jesus treated women great. But some of the... People that have followed, quote unquote, followed Jesus, quote unquote, that weren't exactly Christians have treated women really badly in the past. And I know the Catholic Church has, I think, used this text to, <laughs> that's a, a source of penance, I think, for, you know, they can earn their salvation through childbearing, that kind of thing. So I think this th- this has been held in the past. Okay, cool. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I can't name names, though. Anyways, this text does not mean that. So what does this text really mean? Because we just had a plain reading of the text, which clearly says some one thing. Well, I'm actually going to read Matthew Henry real quick. Ooh. Just so we can put this in a great commentary's mouth. From one of the best commentators. Seriously, guys, you got to pick up this commentary. It's insane. Um, so here we go. But it is a word of comfort, verse 15, that those who continue in sobriety shall be saved in childbearing or with childbearing, hyphen, the Messiah who was born of a woman should break the serpent's head, Genesis 3.15, or the sentence which they are under for sin shall be no bar to their acceptance with Christ if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Right. So that last part of this verse is just talking about they will be saved through childbearing by the Messiah coming if they would remain in faith and love, holiness, and self-control. You know, sobriety is just an older way of saying self-control, basically. Being sober-minded, having self-control, thinking clearly. Yeah. So that's what that's what Matthew Henry says. Um, Even the, the context of the verse is already bringing up Adam and Eve. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so verse 13 and 14 talks about Adam was from first, then Eve. Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she, and who's the she referring to? Yeah. Eve. Eve. Yet she will be saved through childbearing. Uh-huh. So it's a huge distortion to go ahead and generalize what Paul himself is particularizing. Yeah. So he makes it particular to Eve. So it would be a huge distortion. Um and one that would absolutely ruin Mother's Day. Yes. It would ruin it. It would ruin it. If you generalize that to all <laughs> mothers or all women in general. 
She refers to Eve. Eve was saved through childbearing, and as Rocky already read, that brought Matthew Henry quoted Genesis three fifteen, which is super famous verse. Uh, some theologians call it the Proto Evangelion. Jellion. Jellion. Jelly like peanut butter. Oh, gotcha. Jelly. Yeah, yeah. You put it on your bread. Jelly. Jelly. <laughs> Um, which just is a, a fancy way of saying the first gospel. Yeah. The first proclamation Proto, of the first gospel. Prototype. It's the first and part of first. Um, well, that's Latin for first. Sure. <laughs> um, so Genesis 3.15 says after um, the cursings are being given to Adam, Eve, and the serpent, God says to Ad- or to Eve, I will put enmity between you and, and the woman. Sorry, this is actually to the serpent. My bad. This is to the serpent. I will put in between between you and the and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So that's talking about the coming Messiah, the one who is the great uh, serpent crusher. Yeah. Right. So this is clearly talking about a salvation that comes through that child, exactly. not through children yeah. and bearing that children. Child. That child. Uh huh. Just like, you know, Adam is the federal head of all humanity that we've now incurred the sin from that. Eve is kind of for all women, the federal head, I guess, in a sense, not of their sin, but of their um, being the conduit by which the Messiah eventually comes. Right. So this is, this is again, it's particularizing it to Eve, who is like a, uh, obviously, the first woman. Right. That started humanity, right, through her seed. Um, she's brought, in a sense, kind of life to all humanity. Yeah. Um, God's the one that gives life, obviously, but um, she is that kind of yeah. symbol of it, I guess, in it a even sense. even quotes in Genesis, she's the mother of all the living. The mother of all the living, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, she kind of represents all women in that, that. So that's why he starts off talking about women broadly. He says, likewise, women should be doing this and that. And verses like 9 and... 10 like what women in general and then he says um let he roots all of these um roles for women in adam and eve yeah so he like again he he starts out with it generalized and then he particularizes it in adam and eve and then he finishes off with saying that they shall be saved through childbearing and then it's talking about the messiah because it says if they continue in what if they continue in faith love holiness and self-control um, so I imagine, you know, when we see these lists of either vices or virtues in scripture, it's usually talking about something particular to that group of people. Um, so like in first Corinthians, it'll always talk about sexual morality will always be one of those things listed. Sometimes it never lists that. And it just talks about other things in different churches. Some of them struggle with idolatry. Some of them struggle with like different things, but they're all, they're all sin, obviously. So here we see faith, love, holiness, and self-control. Um, it's probably because these women were not. Because it says in verse 9, likewise, also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control. So they probably they were lacking self-control. They weren't being holy. They were probably dressing immodestly, unholy, like living. Uh, and they weren't loving their brothers well by dressing modestly. And they had abandoned their first love, faith in Christ kind of thing. So, again, that is that is what is being talked about. They shall be saved through childbearing, through Christ, if they... Basically, keep the faith. It's what, it's the the exhortation same to both men and women. Keep the faith. Yeah. Be faithful. Be be loving, kind, holy, self control. Those are those are um, 
those are virtues for all Christians, both men and women. Right. It's not like a, it just looks different in terms of the roles and specific things to women's body. They, they need to dress modestly because outwardly that's the way it works with their bodies versus men's bodies. I mean, men obviously need to dress modestly in a sense too, but it's definitely more particular for women, you know. So there's unique things of godliness that are for each sex, I guess, in terms of leadership and submission, things like that that are different that are actually what godliness calls for for each sex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really good. And uh, so the next, like, transition we can go into is the saving is through the child. It's the child, the one who takes away the sins of his people, right? Jesus Christ, who is the great serpent crusher. Uh huh. The one who is the child of Eve, right? That's why uh, in the genealogy of Jesus, it traces it all the way back to Adam and Eve because that is the child. That Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who partook in flesh. The one who became mm-hmm. like us, though he, uh, though he was not like us, he became like us. Um, he condescended to our level and took on flesh, that he could condemn flesh, in himself by taking on our sins, and giving us his perfect righteousness. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of the gospel. That's what saves Eve. Yeah. That's what saves all mothers. Exactly. Which makes it a good Mother's Day. Yeah. Right. That's that's what holds Mother's Day together. Exactly. It's the coming Savior who came, died, was buried, and rose again, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Exactly. And we see after um, Eve has her first sons, her like the first kids, that they're looking for one to crush the head of the serpent, and like Cain and Abel like did not turn out well. Yeah. And then it keeps going. It keeps going. We're like shoot. David might be, this might be the guy. This might be the guy that crushes the head, the serpent's head. And then David falls and messes up and then Solomon does it. And we're just looking for this guy that's going to actually save the day and crush the serpent's head. And then obviously Christ is the savior of, that we were looking for kind of thing. There's only one hero and his name is Jesus. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Okay. It's just one verse. We spent 15 minutes on it. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, we can talk about um, one thing that I suggested talking about that I'm just going to build into this episode that uh, just celebrating mothers um, in general that um, we have examples of godly women and ungodly women in the Bible. And uh, one thing that Protestants can do <laughs> Bryce is giving me a look right now. I don't know exactly if he agrees with the way I'm about to portray this, but um, Protestants can kind of go super far the other way and just be like, oh, we don't need Mary at all or whatever. Like, not since need, like, as in we need the full counsel of Scripture at all and she's in the story of God. So we need to actually look at all of Scripture and see that Mary is actually portrayed as a really good mother. She was a good mom. Like, she wasn't perfect and she was not immaculate. She was not born sinless. Um, what are the other claims? Immaculate conception. What's the other one? They deify her. They deify she's her. assumed into the Godhead. Yeah. 
She's called the Queen of Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> she's got... Yeah. She had... A, she didn't die. She actually had an ascension. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. what the Catholics say. That's crazy. So, yeah, that's what the that's how the Catholics treat Mary. Um, that's super heretical and um, contrary to the gospel. But Protestants can kind of, yeah, again, never even talk about Mary at all. And, you know, on Mother's Day, there are some... There are some women in Bible in the Bible, <laughs> women in Bible that are pretty good. Lucky. But uh, yeah, she was a good mom, and she was Jesus's yeah. mother. So we want to just celebrate her faithfulness. Obviously, it was all God's work. We know um, perseverance of the saint. God is the one working and willing us, and He worked and willed and married to be a woman that's actually worth emulating as a mother. And that's why it says in her great confessions that Jesus was born of the Virgin. Yeah. Right. That's why we get in Isaiah nine. Um, the coming Messiah is one who's going to be born of the Virgin, right? In that prophecy. So yeah, we definitely can celebrate the way in which God himself has entered the world. Yeah. Which is super beautiful. So we can, on this Mother's Day, recognize the glorious Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, was born of the Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. Right? So Mary, like Rocky said, is not immaculate. She's not sinless. She's Uh sinful. And she's in dire need of a savior, the one who was in her womb. Exactly. It's like the, I actually like that song. Have you heard of Mary? Did you know? Yeah, Mary, did you know? Yeah. Mary, did you know? Yeah. I don't know. I I get the song. It's like, did you really understand what was going on? But like, literally she had angels come reveal it to her. So I feel like she She knew. She knew. Yeah. In a sense. But I get the song is more like, do you get the depth? Like this son is is the savior of the world. Sure. I get that. Um, Like as she's looking at the baby. Yeah. This is the king of the universe. And that's really the fulfillment of this verse, I guess. Yeah. You know, Paul is just looking back on what's already occurred. Like, they will be saved through childbearing. That's that's like kind of... It's not... The point of womanhood is not to have a baby. That's not the point. But that is a very special thing. What? You don't think so? Well, I mean, the point of humanity is to multiply and reproduce, I guess, in a sense. But I mean, like, the point... The end, the chief end of man and women is to yeah. glorify God, not to yeah, have a baby. Yeah. Um, That's a way you glorify God. Sure, it can be a way, yeah, by just, like, uh, kids are a gift, definitely. Yeah. But um, I guess what I'm saying is, Eve, this is the f- yeah, this yeah. is this is what Paul's talking about, and what in uh, Genesis three fifteen, the proto Evangelion, Evangelion, um, <laughs> <laughs> like jelly, it was looking towards what moment, literally, yeah, yeah. Um, Mary is what Eve should have been. Yeah. So, like, Mary was, again, we can look back to Proverbs and the wisdom talk. Like, there's the woman of folly, woman of wisdom. Like, um, Eve was, you know, it even says in this text, she was deceived. Like, Satan didn't go to um, Adam to deceive him. Uh, he, he knew the woman would, for whatever reason, have, like, a higher proclivity to be deceived, I guess. I don't know why he exactly chose her, I guess. Um, she just would have maybe he I don't know I don't know exactly but he tempted Eve and she was the one that was deceived not Adam but uh, Mary was actually when the um, she the difference is she listened to God and um, Eve didn't God told Eve not to eat the fruit she didn't listen to God but when um, the angel comes to Mary and says Mary you're going to bear the Messiah you're going to bear Emmanuel his name will be God with us and what does Mary do? She, like, sings to God. In Luke, it records, like, she has a song that she sings and praises God that she gets to bear this 
this privilege of being um, the mother of the Savior, and she listens to God. She doesn't run away and do what's wrong or say, no, I'm not going to bear the child. I don't know. Like, I don't know how she could have – she could have disobeyed, I guess, in a sense um, because um, – what is it? Um, John the Baptist mom's Elizabeth. Yeah. She actually disobeys, and her husband goes mute for a while. The husband disobeys. Sorry, the husband disobeys. Yeah, he asks a little question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but Joseph and Mary were more of the what Adam and Eve should have been. They were both like obedient. Yeah. Um, although not perfectly, we're not trying to make a case for Catholicism's view of the saints. Like, yeah. they're not. Catholics are wrong. Catholics are very wrong. Extremely wrong. All that. Heretical. It is. It's heretical. I mean, to worship Mary, to actually pray to a saint, to, to think there's other mediators. But like Rocky said, we have to have a healthy view of how we view biblical characters. It's the Lord who sustained Mary. Yeah, we should pray, she, yeah. That she would bear the child. Um, do you care if I read Mary's song of praise? <sighs> I guess. Do you have time for that? Whatever. I think it's cool. No, I think I'm it's, it's, it's very wonderful because no, she's insane. praising the Lord that the king of Israel is in her womb that yeah. is going to come. And Mary says this in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 and so on. And Mary said... My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in their thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, to his offspring forever. And it's very beautiful because she's praising, as she says, she rejoices in God, my Savior, right? Mm-hmm. God is the one who saves her. She's not immaculate. I know. She doesn't ascend in the heaven. But at the same time, we can rejoice in these words by Mary, and we can sing along with her. We can praise the yeah. Lord, God, our Savior. It's the same thing when Jesus says, how does David say in Psalm 110, the Lord says to my Lord, yeah. if, I, if I'm David's son— How can he call me Lord? It's the same thing here. Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, but Jesus was not created then. Jesus is the pre-existent, eternal, second person of the Trinity who always existed, co-equal, co-eternal with God the Father, Mm -hmm. right? He was sent into the world to become, become in our likeness, right? And we can rejoice in Mary. We can say, God truly has shown favor to our lowly estates. And particularly to Mary, yeah. when she says all the nation, or what did she say? From now on, all generations will call me blessed. We call her blessed because she carried the Savior of the world in her womb. There truly yeah. was a virgin who truly bore the Savior of the universe in her womb. And this is what makes Mother's Day a very blessed day. Yeah. We should glory. It's it's yeah. This is mothers are awesome. Yeah, mothers are awesome. Um, Mary was a good mother, a mother worth imitating. So still sinful. I don't still sinful hundred percent. But I, I don't know if really any mothers listen to this podcast. Seems like a pretty young yeah. listener base. But if you're a mother, um, yeah, emulate imitate Mary as she imitated her God. Yeah, and imitated Christ. And um, but we just want to really hone in and kind of wrap up here that Mary. 
just like all mothers, needs a savior. And that's and, what she prayed for. And that's what she prayed for. And um, thank, thanks be to God that he didn't forsake women um, and men both. He, he reconciles us both to God. But um, yeah, God, God was gracious to us in sending his son. And he literally became sin that we might become the righteousness of God, that we would be able to stand before God and not be blown to smithereens, that we can actually come before his holiness and actually have hope and come before him in confidence because of what Jesus has done. So, yeah, on this Lord's Day, let's just remember that. Remember what Jesus did. And um, happy Mother's Day. We love our mom a lot. She's a great mom. And um, we celebrate her today as well. And she was saved by grace too. That's right. Any last thoughts? Last note. The church, in a sense, is our mother in terms of we dwell within her, right? It's Christ's bride. Uh-huh. We're the sons of God. Jesus is our elder brother. We can't confuse those things, but we need to have a love for the church as well. It's very easy to criticize and yep. hate and despise the church. It says the, uh, the, the New Jerusalem is our mother. That's right. Which is the New Jerusalem is the church. Right. Right. That's in Galatians chapter 3 or 4. Yeah. Um, exactly. So we need to love the church. We need to recognize the church's role as the bride of Christ. And we need to constantly be seeking to build up the body of Christ. That's what me and Rocky are trying to do here. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who listen, go build up the body of Christ by getting involved, not neglecting to meet together, but stirring up one another all the day while we see Christ's coming nearing. And uh, ultimately trying to glorify God. Yeah, amen. All right, shut up, Bryce. So I got something to say to finish up. (laughs) Just kidding. Well, after that, I got something Do you got one more thing to wrap up? Here, I'll wrap up, you wrap up, and then I'll wrap up after. Well, I'll wrap up after that. I got one more thing. Gotcha. Then I'll I'll just listen, and then if something else about wrapping up comes to me, then I'll wrap up after that. Okay. Um, And Essex might pop in. And wrap wrap up. up. (laughs) Okay, guys, good news, really good news. I I finished this semester, and with that extra time, I have done quite the thing. I have officially published a website for the King Podcast's website. Is up and running. For the King No, not <laughs> Get that. Don't listen to Bryce. He's leading you astray. Dot net. His um, keep your forked tongue, tongue behind your lips. <laughs> if you go to forthekingpodcast.com, yeah. you will find a wealth of information. <laughs> you will find a picture of me. You can finally see what I look like. It's not it's, pretty sunny. It's not something you're going to probably spend three seconds and then scroll. <laughs> um, that That is the best picture of me, though. <laughs> so that's that's about as good as it gets. Candace said? No, no. I do think it's the best picture of me. I think it's a great that's picture. Like the most <laughs> I think it's one of the best pictures I've ever taken. I think I look the best there. You're so So, anyways, you can read a bio. You can read a little bit more about my story. I have like a bio section. I have um, a homepage, obviously, where you guys can see a little bit of information about the podcast. There's like a little podcast player, a little intro to the bio and a little link to go read more about my bio and um, some of the comments that uh, and reviews people have put on Apple Podcasts I put on there to make it look super official. So thanks for those that did comment um, so I could put that on there. Also, 
there's two other tabs to tell you guys about. There's For the King episodes, which is um, I, I want the episode notes for each episode to be kind of like a blog in and of itself where there's information you can go read and look at and stuff. So I, th- there's going to be a page that has all that. And then there's going to be another page where I'm actually officially starting my own blog. So go read that first blog post I put that I'll let you guys kind of understand. It's called Purpose. That was that first blog post I put in and uh, it tells a little bit more about how I'm going to interact with the with the blog and what I'm going to be releasing. But um, I'm really excited for the blog too and I want to really build this platform but I don't want it to be a platform for me and Bryce. I just don't want it to be like that. I want it to be a community. I want this to be um, a place where you guys all help produce what Bryce and I do. And what I mean by that is ask us questions. We'll do a podcast on it. Send me certain things. I'll do a podcast on it. We'll talk about it. We'll interact with it. Um, I actually have some ideas coming up of a a listener named Grant that sent me a few things that I want to talk about. And I'm actually reading a few books and a book he lent me right now. Um, And hopefully we'll do a podcast about that and I'll have Grant on and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, please send an email or uh, now that the website's up and running, you can contact me through that because there's a little place to put little notes and inquiries on the on the website too. So go to forthekingpodcast.com. Uh, enjoy your time on that website and let me know if it's um not good. I've already left a comment on its inadequacies. Bryce gave it one star. I'm the first fruit of the inadequacies. Bryce is my first one star rating too on yeah. Apple Podcasts. I'm just kidding. He didn't. Have you said did you really leave a comment? Yeah. Oh, cool. I haven't checked it yet. I might reject it or delete it or something. Depends on what you said. What was you? What was me? Okay, for the king listeners. See ya. What? You never end like that. Oh. What do I usually say? So oh, funny. yes, 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 yes. Wow. I Guys, I'm so sorry. Um, thanks for that listening. So weird. This is the For the King podcast. Um... Soli Deo Gloria for the King. I am recording this much later than the initial upload of this episode, um, Shalom for All Others, because I have actually learned something new about uh, the text in 1 Timothy 2.15 that I wanted to highlight because Bryce and I did not mention it. Um, but the, the the resources that I put in that um, the listeners could look at actually does hit on this. Bryce and I just didn't say anything about it. So although there is that kind of... Um, partial implication that Matthew Henry is getting at that the uh, seed of the serpent is going to be at odds with the seed of the woman and women being saved through childbearing in First Timothy 2.15 does have this kind of um, maybe peripheral um, implication that Eve would um, or, or, or a woman Mary would eventually be a new type of Eve to um, bear Christ um, and be saved through Christ um, but I think in the actual immediate text um, talking about the roles of men and women and specifically the roles of women in the church, he ends that section in First Timothy talking about um, women being saved through childbearing. So I think probably an even more accurate 
interpretation than even what Bryce and I were saying, which I think is partly an implication, but um, something that's even more explicitly an application is that um, women are um, sanctified and, and saved through their childbearing. Um, that That is the curse of the fall that is given to women. Their role in childbearing is now, the pains of that process are now increased. And a man's role to go and work the ground and subdue the earth and have dominion over it, that is man's primary role to lead, to subdue, uh, have dominion, that kind of thing. Um, a man's role is now much harder because God curses the ground. So I think actually the primary application is that women are saved through this um, trial by fire, which for women is um, having kids. It's a very, it's now the childbearing process is now hard and there's pain and there's suffering. And that is a way in which women are saved. So I wanted to highlight that, that I think this text is actually more primarily talking about the roles of women and how women are saved through childbearing. If they continue in faith, love, holiness, and propriety throughout the entire process of having kids, raising kids, that kind of thing, which is the primary role of women, not the primary role of man, um, based in the creative order. So this is also, um, I just read a book by, Zach Garris called Masculine Christianity that eventually I will talk about later on in the podcast. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm re-uploading this and adding it to the audio, but much later in, from when the Shalom for All Mothers was um, actually uploaded. But that book actually helped me understand this verse even a little better than Bryce and I already had understood. So um, go look at that Got Questions thing and that article um, on Desiring God because they actually take a view of this. And, and here's something that John Piper says in that article, even though many women today um, and in history may feel the ongoing effects of the curse and the pains of childbirth and the lifelong wounds that it may leave, I urge all of our Christian sisters not to despair. God's word to you is hope, not curse. God's plan for you is salvation, not destruction. Yes, just as the man must work out his salvation through the curse, uh, cursed futilities and miseries of his labor, Genesis 3, 18, 19, the cursed ground, millions of women must find her salvation through the pains and miseries of childbearing. The path of salvation is the same for her as for all the saints, continuing in faith and love and holiness with self-control. So they're played out the, um, the trial by fire for both sexes is played out um, through faith, love, holiness, and self-control, just like a man's would, except the role is different, which this, this text is talking about the roles of women. Um, so yeah, I think that is actually a more primary application. So I, th I hope that was helpful and I'm uploading this much later, but bear with me. Bryce and I are still learning as we do the podcast. So I hope that was good. Thanks for listening, guys.